Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We scoured the internet so you don't have to, in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates. This episode, we're bringing you a special look at the Lake Placid Ice Dance Championship events and international events. Wow. How amazing (laughs) is it to be back in Lake Placid? We're actually recording this episode from our Airbnb in Lake Placid before we get ready to head home on Saturday. Yep, the competition just ended just about a few hours ago, so we are here doing a little podcast. Our first one in person, actually, Daphne. It is. It's weird to not have the (laughs) Zoom up on the screen. It's kind of strange to not be worrying about levels because we're recording from one microphone. We're facing each other. <laughs> we still have our computers out because we're going to be looking at results and talking through the competition. This is not going to be a huge deep dive about the competition. It's going to be some general thoughts about what we saw. And it's also going to be a little bit about, you know, the event itself and Lake Placid as a whole because this place has a lot of great memories for me because of the pandemic and then the construction that's been going on, which we'll get to in a minute. We haven't been here for three years. Yeah. 2019 was the last time we were here. And sometimes it seems like it's been longer since we've been here. Um, and for me, I haven't been coming as much as Daphne has. I mean, Daphne has been going, coming here since what, like 2003. Me, it's been just a couple years, but it just, it, I missed it the last few years. So it was great to be back. It was great. You know, I, I was smiling when I got into Lake Placid and seeing Main Street and seeing all the shops and villages. And it was just great to be back and to officially, in my opinion, start the season. I think this is the event where I can say I'm ready for a new season. I'm ready to start going to events and things again. So, Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I think back to the first time that I came here, 2003, which seems like last week, um, things were different. There were a lot of coaches that were skaters at that time. Madison Hubble, Mm -hmm. Charlie White, um, are just two of them. Um, There are even more than that. It's pretty incredible to have things come full circle, to also look at skaters that I used to photograph. I'm now photographing their kids on the (laughs) ice, which is pretty amazing. And I'm also, you know, in some cases, photographing their students if they're early on in their coaching career. So it's pretty exciting to be back here. A lot has changed since 2003. There's a restaurant across the street called The Pickle Pig, and it's been The Pickle Pig for a while. Before that, it went through a bunch of different names and served different food. So I think it's here to stay because it did survive the pandemic. We also were concerned about some of our favorite places and wondering if they did make it. And most of them did. It was really great to just go have a slice of pizza at Bozzi's on Main Street. And Gina got to visit her popcorn place that she likes. Yes, I got two tins to take home of popcorn at the Adirondack Popcorn Shop. And I did not get ice cream at Emma's Creamery. It was busy. I just tried after the event ended. But that's always a big thing for me is to get ice cream from Emma's. And the line was out the door and I needed to get back for our podcast. So I said, nope, not this time. But I will be back to get Emma's ice cream. But that's always a popular place here in Lake Placid as well. But yeah, uh, it was nice just to walk. I did a couple times down Main Street and to see the shops and things. And, and a lot there's a lot going on this week in Lake Placid. Iron Man was at the end of last week. And so some people are still hanging around from that. But the rugby guys are here for their um, big event this weekend or their tournament, whatever that is. So the bars and restaurants were a little bit busy tonight. And um, I think Can-Am hockey was going on too. So a lot going on in Lake Placid. It wasn't all 
about the skating. Of course, that's what we were here for. And so, but um, yeah, it was just nice to be, again, back and into a familiar area. Definitely. Well, I think first we should probably talk a little bit about the changes to the arena. Because Lake Placid is a special place. Mm -hmm. Of course, everyone knows Miracle on Ice happened here. They received a grant to do some major updates to the facilities, not only at the Olympic Center, like the ice rinks, Mm -hmm. but other pieces of it because they're hosting the Winter Universiad in January. And when I first walked into the arena, it was a very different feel because of the construction. I knew that it was happening. I guess I just didn't realize that we really would be hit in the face with the construction. But um, just pulling in, we had to take... there. We didn't have an elevator to get to where we needed to go. So we had to um, take our equipment and take it up a couple of flights of stairs, which was something new. Like we hadn't done that before. You get into a groove when you just expect things to be a certain way. The check-in area was down by the USA rink. It was just really different than what we've done in the past. And Walking into the 1980 arena, it did look freshened up, like clean, very clean. The lighting had been upgraded. Um, they The boards were so white. There were no advertisements on them at all. Um, the glass that was up looked clean. This was a, a really different. And I know also that now they can take the rink size and go from Olympic to NHL size Mm. and back again. And so they had adjusted it, I believe, to NHL size for this competition. Mm. So it was a little bit different. It didn't, I don't know what I was expecting. Like it it was going to be some big magical change where everything was going to be completely different. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't as much as, I guess, they really spruced it up. It just... You know, there were some different things. The bathrooms have been upgraded, Mm -hmm. which was wonderful. There was seating area and snack area that had been added. But we were also kept in a very small contained area because construction is still going on. And one of the issues that made it a little bit tricky is that the pathway to the 1932 arena is not so easy. Because you can't use the hallway to get there. Yeah, um, I think I was expecting construction to be done. I think, (laughs) I don't know why I was thinking that. Because I even, I think, talked to you before we came and said, hey, did you hear that we can't walk through the pathway from 1980 to the 1932 rink? We're going to have to go outside. And that was indeed the case. You had to walk down the hill from the 1980 to get into the 1932. So it made it very tricky, especially with all our equipment to get back and forth if we needed to get back and forth. But I think I was thinking everything was going to be done and I was going to walk in and see, oh, wow, you know, great. And I didn't have that reaction right away. I was kind of like, hmm, I see some of the upgrades. I see some of the things they've done, but I was didn't get that big, wow, um, and maybe I will, because it's if you are in Lake Placid, you'll see it is totally still a work in progress. <laughs> we were having to dash around construction vehicles and construction workers, and we were going up a r- ramp and things like that. But I did make it over the t- the 1932 rink, and I was really impressed there. The lighting, it's so much brighter in there. There's seats there's blue chairs and no more of those you're sitting on bleacher concrete sort of things. So it was nice in there. It still had its cold vibe. That rink always is cold. And so I still felt cold in there. Um, I didn't actually watch an event in there, but it was nice just to walk in there and just to see things. But I'm looking forward to coming back when everything is done in it. Most likely, um, won't be until, I'm not sure if I'll make it to the U.S. Classic, which is in, in 
little more than a month from now. And I don't think things will be done by then. So if anybody is heading to the U.S. Classic, and FYI, construction is still going to be happening. But hopefully um, by January, when you know the Winter University Games are taking place, it'll look nice and done. But I'm excited to see it. I just think I was expecting it to be <laughs> done right away and stuff. I was also, and if anybody from the Lake Placid area knows, or anybody knows where this banner is, I was looking for the 1980 figure skating team banner that they, I think they unveiled just before COVID. It was February of 2020 for the 40th anniversary, and it had all of the U.S. figure skating team members from the 1980 games. And I know it's supposed to be hanging in the 1980 rink, and maybe it's been moved because of construction, but if anyone knows where that is, I want to see it sometime. <laughs> so maybe where what where will they put it when it comes back? Um, it would be great. But yeah, I was disappointed. I was looking for that, but so. yeah, they did make some. There were some enhancements, though. There's ADA compliant seating. Oh. Railings have been installed in the 1980. They're kind of like these luxury type boxes. They're not really luxury boxes, but like a box seating area. Um, that has been set up. They There are things that they have done. And I'm really excited. Like, Gina, I don't think I'm going to make it to the Classic. But um, when we come back next year, I'm really hoping. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure everything will be ready. And I'm looking forward to seeing the unfinished. I mean, the I'm looking forward to seeing the finished arena and being able to walk through the hallways and so Lake Placid used to have this great cafe with bright windows. It made it warm in there. So if you needed a place to warm up, you could go in the cafe, get something to eat. And we didn't have that this time because they're pretty much that whole area in between is just being redone. It looks amazing. I posted a photo on Instagram. You can see what it's going to, kind of going to look like. It's beautiful. So I'm looking forward to that. But Gina, I feel like we've really got to get started talking about some of the stuff that we saw at the competition. Yeah, um, we'll start, I guess, at the beginning with uh, the championship event with the juvenile, intermediate, novice, and junior and senior there. Um, I'll say first off, I don't think I've seen a juvenile intermediate competition even here at Lake Placid. I think anytime I was coming into Lake Placid for ice dance, I was coming in mostly for junior and senior. And so I actually watched the juvenile and intermediate, and I love them. They're so cute. You know what was really fun, Gina? Um, Marion Carhart and Dennis Bledsoe, they were the winners of the juvenile event. Marion is the younger sister of Helena Carhart. She also has an older sister, um, Adrian Carhart, who is also a figure skater in, and a nice dancer, and I know she does some solo dance. They were a lot of fun. They're a newer team. It's pretty exciting. Um, they won the juvenile event. And then two teams from the Kriegor studio, including uh, Ryland Lukanen and Patrick O'Brien. Um, Ryland is the daughter of Kristen Fraser and Igor Lukanen, uh, the owners of Kriegor Studio. And then the twins, Sofia Kardashev and Nicholas Kardashev, who also trained there, were the bronze medalists. So it was a lot of fun. If you ever are having a bad day, just watch a juvenile free dance and it will cheer you up. It always does for me. I know a few years ago when I got here, things got a little kind of off there's nothing that watching like 12 juvenile hickory hoedowns won't solve it's yeah. just so much fun well on the intermediate side it was the tango and the 14th stuff that we were seeing mm -hmm. the patterns there but um i was watching the intermediate and the winners there were sarah Yu and nicholas jing of the skating club of boston and some interesting thing that we found was Standing at the boards for them was Simon Schnapier. And if you're wondering, what's Simon doing in ice dance? <laughs> Simon is, you know, a 2014 Olympian in pairs with Mar Marissa Castelli. And 
nope, Simon was there because Simon is doing some ice dancing. And stay tuned because I'm working on a story on that. I talked to Simon in depth and with some of his students about what Simon is doing in the ice dance world and how he's bringing his expertise in pairs now to ice dance and what he's learning about ice dance. So stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, so Sarah and Nicholas were great to watch, but I want to say in the intermediate, really enjoyed Grace and Luke Fisher's 80s, 90s kind of program that they did. A little MC Hammer. We had a little TLC. That was a fun program. And they are coached by Ben Augusto and Catherine Hill in Colorado Springs. So I enjoyed watching them as well. Yes. And rounding out the podium, Hannah Maria Aboya and Stephen Moore. Uh, they're a team from Connecticut. They had a great skate. They are coached by Stephen's mother, who may be familiar to ice dance fans from like the early 2000s because she was an ice dancer and her name is Fetlana Kulikova. Mm. She, of course, um, skated with Arseny Markov and then with Vitaly Novikov. But she settled in Connecticut and her son Stephen is uh, an ice dancer and he and his partner finished third. So Novice kind of started off today when we're recording this. So it's been a very long day. We had Novice Free Dance, Junior International and Domestic, Senior International and Domestic. So it was a really busy day. Um, but the Novice event was a lot of fun. The winners, Sylvia Lee, Rowan Lecoque, it's a common pattern as we've been talking about. They train at the Kriegor Studio. They are a lot of fun to watch. In fact, Kriegor Studio had multiple teams in this event. In second place, Michelle Daesh and Miles Middlecoff were in fourth place after the pattern dances, finished second in the free dance, but they were a whole 10 points behind the leaders. Lee and Lecoque have won the ice dance final at the juvenile and intermediate levels. They're now in their second year of novice. I believe last year they were third at the ice dance final. Um, they had a great showing here. Very confident team. In third place, Annalise Stapert and Maxine Korotkov from the Ion Figure Skating Club, which we will be talking about Ion in just a few minutes, did not have their best skate, but they were a, they were solid in the pattern, so they finished um, third overall. Hmm, yeah. Novice did the Westminster Waltz in the U.S. Argentine Tango. Yes, they did. We got a lot of tango. <laughs> I'm kind of tangoed out after this competition. I need a little break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was tango. feeling the same way with all of the Latin-themed um, rhythm dances, too. I was kind of like, oh, I just need a little break from Latin. And it's interesting because this year, as we've talked about before, you really can't be indecisive about being junior or senior because the two dances are completely or for the most part very different the rhythm dances for the juniors have a more tango-y feel and the seniors have more latin feel and of course they no longer have a pattern and speaking of that we're going to round out our coverage of the domestic events and then we'll talk about the international in a few minutes so Let's move on to the junior combined dance. We have a couple of teams in the U.S. who are not eligible to go out on JGPs because the female part of the team is too young. Yeah. Um, this is not uncommon to go to the junior level and not be able to compete internationally. I believe the Shibutani's the first year that they competed internationally was their actual second year at junior. Yeah. So the top two teams on the list, it's not a surprise. These two teams from the time they hit juvenile have been going back and forth with placements. And in the rhythm dance, it was actually Julia Epps mm -hmm. and Blake Gilman who were in first and Olivia Illen and Dylan Kane were in second, but the results overall flipped, and Olivia Illen and Dylan Kane finished first in their very first 
junior event ever. Um, it's pretty incredible. And Julia Epps and Blake Gilman were third in the free dance, but they remained in second place due to their really solid uh, rhythm dance score. Um, and in third place, Zoe Larson and Andre Capron, who are not representing the U.S. They are a team that is going to represent Ukraine, had a really solid showing. Their free dance was really cool, and I think that they definitely put themselves right out there on the radar with it. So it's, it's really exciting, you know, to see some of these up-and-coming teams and there were other performances in this piece of the event or in the junior level that were also fun. I really wish that they had a live stream of it because people should see these performances, get to watch that. And then hopefully some of these teams will see at nationals. And I, I'm already looking forward to seeing the evolution of the programs. Yeah, I really enjoyed Olivia and Dylan's Grease program. Um, it was I think the audience really enjoyed it and I, you know, it's too bad it wasn't live stream for people to see it because it was really cute. Um, and then Julie and Blake, I enjoyed also Bruno Mars. They're Bruno Mars sort of medley there too and they were the last ones to skate. So they were great. But yeah, and Zoe and Andre's um, program too, that was different. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought they skated it very well. So um, yeah, the, it, it is interesting you said the top two teams who can't go out internationally because they're still young. They looked young watching them, mm -hmm. but I know you've been following them for a long, a long time, time, and they don't look as young as they did when you started <laughs> no, covering them anymore. Don't. They so. definitely don't. Um, one of the team I wanted to point out, I had seen Annabelle Larson and Jonathan Young at the Dallas Classic a few weeks ago. I also saw them at on a video of a competition from Florida. They were very much improved. I think this is a new team that's just really working to get, you know, in sync. And this was a decent outing for them. And I have to mention this because I asked Jack Liu about this. Um, Xin Yu Chen and Jack Liu had a very different <laughs> free dance. <laughs> And I spoke to Jack about it, and he said, it is music from the anime Cowboy Bebop. So I feel like I have to watch okay. it so that I can understand, hmm. because it was different. Yeah. And I, yeah. whether I understand something or not, if it's different, I'm always intrigued. And so uh -huh. I'm, yeah, I'm really interested to see how that program progresses this season. Because I believe they're just up from novice. There are a lot of Juffs of teams that are just up from novice, and they're one of them. Now, Zoe and Annabelle Larson, no relation? No relation. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because But they both train in Florida. In Florida, yes. Oh. So I feel like now we're moving on to the senior level. And folks may be interested to hear what we have to say about the team that ended up in first. Um, they outscored everybody. They won the event by about eight points total, and that's Emma Leia Zingas and Vadim Kolesnik. And yes, her name is pronounced Emma Leia. I got confirmation on that. The announcer this week was calling her Emily, but it's uh, or Amelia, and it's Emma Leia. Anyway. Emmy and Vadim skated really solid. When I saw their performances back in Dallas, I saw them from the back because that was our photo position. So it was really cool to get to see things from the front. And I could see from the back that Vadim was very expressive as usual. I really didn't get to see how expressive Emilea really is until I saw the performance from the front. So I'm, I'm interested in in watching this season to see what they can accomplish. Now, they're not eligible to go out on international assignments because she skated as a single skater last year for Cyprus. If you want to learn more about the team, we have an article over at icedance.com that Anne did when she was in Dallas. It's a great article. You'll learn a little bit more about each of them and their partnership. Um, 
In second place, Leah Dozy and Pietro Papetti. They are a team that's going to represent Italy. They finished second in both the rhythm and the free dance. And they're coaches at this competition <laughs> because I believe they train in the Toronto IM, which is run by Scott Moyer. Uh, their coaches for this competition <laughs> were Madison Hubble and Adrian Diaz. And I saw them when I was coming in from doing a photo shoot and they were getting ready to check in. And it was so great to see both of them. And they just look so comfortable in the coaching role. I think they're both very happy with not being out on the ice competing anymore and being able to, you know, share the knowledge they have from behind the boards. They seem so relaxed. Yes. I saw that a lot. They were just very relaxed and they seem to be just having a very good time. Yes. Um, you know, just coming up to us and talking to us at the icedance.com tables or, you know, just walking around, you know, mm-hmm. talking to other skaters and things. They just seemed relaxed and then when, you know, they were behind the boards very focused and mm-hmm. I think um, Madison said there were nerves there, you know, um, different sort of nerves than when they were out there competing. But yeah, it was, it was like a full circle. Cause you know, we've watched them compete. You've watched mm-hmm. them here in Lake Placid and now they were on the other side of the boards. And we saw that too, with Charlie White mm-hmm. who was here with some teams and, you know, so, um, but yeah, it was great seeing them on the other side and they were like four teams they had or, or so. They had here. a few teams yeah. here. Um, of course, it was announced while we were here that Madison is coaching at the IM Academy in yeah. Toronto. So I think she's still getting settled there, but it's you're going to get to see her and Adrian behind the boards or at the boards at competitions in the future. So just be prepared there. They just look really happy and relaxed and it's funny, the first time I saw Adrian skate in person, he was skating with Sarah, and they were at a JGP in Lake Placid. <laughs> I think it was, uh 2012, might have been 2009, I'm not sure. There have been a few JGPs here in Lake Placid. In third place, Rafael Aconcius and Alexei Shepatov. Um, they trained in Florida, Marina Zueva and Ilya Kachenko. Ilya was the coach here this week. He had a bunch of teams at senior and th- and other levels as well. So he was pretty busy. But um, their programs looked improved. Their performances, like anyone else's, was not perfect. But they looked much improved. Like, they're, they're definitely working things out. And again, it was fun to see the program from the front. <laughs> mm-hmm. I kind of want to mention Angela Ling and Caleb Wine. Um, we got to see their rhythm dance and unfortunately she had a little fall. She's okay and fine. They decided to withdraw after the rhythm dance, not because of the fall in the rhythm dance, but because their free dance is like only like two weeks old. Yeah. And so they didn't feel comfortable doing it. But, um, yeah, I was a little, you know, they didn't skate well in the rhythm dance and then, you know, it was unfortunate that we didn't get to see the free dance, but we'll get to see that soon. Um, but this is their senior debut. The senior debut. Yeah. So, um, a senior debut for a few teams at this competition, yeah. which we'll talk about soon. Um, yeah, it it was dis. I was really disappointed for them because Angela and Caleb are usually very consistent, and the fall looked like it knocked the wind out of mm-hmm. her, and it affected not only that element. But other elements after mm-hmm. she couldn't twizzle. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course, when you're looking at a score, you start seeing the points in your head. You're thinking, "Well, that's minus this, and that's minus mm-hmm. this, and that's minus this." Yeah, but I'm I'm glad that it's not anything that she, um, you know, any major injury or anything. She's fine. She's doing fine. They were here to watch the rest of the you know competition. And um, they and yeah, they have monitoring this weekend. Yes. So yeah, I saw her walking around. She seems to be mm-hmm. doing okay. So I'm glad. Um, the other withdrawal, Maria Alieva and Matthew Corres, 
of France um, were fourth after the rhythm dance. They did not skate the free dance. I'm not sure why, but I really like the look of this team. Mm-hmm. Um, they're new, and they train at, I believe they're training in Ion. So, you know, hopefully we'll see more from them in the future. Yes. So I feel like now we're going to have to just break into... The first international of the season. Yes. (laughs) So let's talk about the junior ice dance first. After the rhythm dance, Helena Carhart, Volodymyr Hirovi were in first place, followed by Elizabeth Kachenko and Alexei Kalayakov. Alexei and Elizabeth now are coached by Alexei's father, Alexei Kalayakov, and his mother, Lena Novak. They are now representing Israel. So they came into this competition. I haven't seen them skate for quite a while. It's been a couple of years mm-hmm. because they used to represent the U.S. And I want to say that the last time I saw them skate was probably their last U.S. Nationals appearance. They've both grown a lot taller. Yeah. They're not the little team anymore. They're definitely, they're more mature now. And they um, moved up from second uh, to first. And they finished first in the free dance. Vanessa Pham, Jonathan Rogers of the U.S. was They were second. They were actually third in the rhythm dance and second in the free dance. And then Helena Carhart and Volodymyr Hirovi finished Third overall, but fourth in the free dance, followed by Eliana Peel and Ethan Peel, who were fourth in the rhythm dance and third in the free dance. That whole group, twizzles were a bit of an mm-hmm. issue. Little blips start to add up and it, it costs points. Um, but it, each of these programs was different. Kachenko and Kalayakov skated to a medley of music by Woodkid, which I thought was cool. Uh, Fam and Rogers skated to Scheherazade. Yep, yep. Carhartt and Hirovi had a very lyrical program, but I'm I'm not sure what the music was because I was shooting that event. But I do know that Eliana Peel and Ethan Peel are skating to music from the video game Halo. It's different. And I liked it. It was very different. Yeah. Um, she skates in like a blue, it's like a leotard um, pants and then she's got like a little skirt, but she's blue and he's green and it was just different. I don't know if I was going to like it at first because I, when I saw them warming up and, and then in practices, I was like, oh, this is kind of different, a- but I like it. And I am, you know, it's just something different. Again, I'm not a big video gamer and I didn't know anything about this program, but it was just something that it grabbed my eye. I wa- mm-hmm. I did not stop looking at them that whole entire time. So that was really cool. Um, I am also a Shaharazad fan. I've always <laughs> loved it on anybody who does it, you know, and Vanessa and Jonathan skated very well with that. And I, and I like that program for them. Um, so I'm, Want I can't wait to see them do it when they make um, compete in a couple of weeks at the Junior Grand Prix. Yes, as was announced, while Gina and I have been in Lake Placid, Fam and Rogers and Peel and Peel will be representing the U.S. at the first JGP event, which of course is in Courcheval, France. It's about a month away. Yeah, because we're here almost in August, and yeah, yeah. can't believe it. It's coming right up. Yes. I think overall, it was a good start to the season for teams. You have to get out there and get the bugs Mm -hmm. worked out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, this is so early. So even if a program we really enjoyed right now or a program that didn't really sit well with us, by the time we get into the fall, even into nationals, this program can change so much. And we've talked about it before. We may not see these programs again you know there may be as they go on into the season they may decide and judges may be giving them feedback that these programs are not working for them and they may scratch them and we may see new programs so just because we're really loving a program right now doesn't mean we'll be seeing that program at nationals or at the dance final um you know in a couple months so 
Yes. So let's move on to the seniors. Yeah. So first we should mention, (laughs) let me just say this. Um, If you were following the icedance.com Twitter, I tweeted out the rhythm dance results for the senior international. And by the time we made it back to the Airbnb, those results had changed. Mm -hmm. We got back and we were all like, wait, that wasn't, wait, what happened? Um, So there was a little changing um, in the results. And when they say unofficial results, they mean it. They do mean (laughs) it. They definitely meant it this weekend um, because I think they're still with the whole new scoring system. I think Mm -hmm. that was where there was this change in scoring. I mean, when we were watching the event and the results were in the 60s when they should have been maybe towards 70s and 80s, um, it was a little... Yeah. Yeah. It was was something was wondering what was going on. It was a definite surprise to see the change results. Um, And those results kind of flipped around only a little bit. Um, It was a really fun competition overall, but the scoring changes kind of, you just shook your head about it, I guess. Um, it was a little, yeah, it was, it was interesting. In the end, Lorraine McNamara and Anton Spiridonov walked away with the gold medal. They train at Ion just like mm-hmm. Alexei Kalayakov and his partner, Elizabeth Kachenko. So Ion walked away with the gold medal at both of these um, international competitions. What was another interesting point is this was kind of a debut for the Michigan Ice Dance Academy, mm-hmm. which is Charlie White, Tanith White, and Greg Zerlin. And they did pretty well. Um, in this competition, they finished third and he had they had teams finishing third and fourth. Katarina Wolfkosten and Jeffrey Chen were first in the rhythm dance and finished fourth in the free dance. They were able to hold on to the bronze medal. Ava Pate and Logan Bai uh, finished second in both phases. Um, their free dance to river dance is pretty fun, and it really got the crowd into it. So that was cool. And Lorraine and Anton, when I saw them in Dallas again from the back, the program, I wasn't fully on board yet because I didn't understand. I couldn't see things. Sometimes you have to see a person's face and what's going on to really understand what's happening. And seeing it from the front was eye-opening for the choreography piece of it. So they won this competition. Yeah, um, and I think they had costumes that they didn't have when you were in Dallas. Yes, <laughs> yes. They still, I don't think they have rhythm dance costumes yet. I'm not sure. These free dance costumes, they did not wear them. And they're different. Yeah. And I have to point out that overall, it was really cool to see skaters at all levels utilizing the new rule of not having to wear a skirt. Mm, yeah, we saw quite a bit I of that. I saw a <laughs> bunch of bodysuits, and it was cool to see people embracing that. I am I think when it fits the program, it's important to be able to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, the top four teams there are all kind of pushing each other. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, interesting to watch because if you look at the rhythm dance results and the free dance results, they were... Different, you know, it wasn't the same from rhythm dance to free dance. And these four teams are, again, I think we're going to see a lot of that this season mm-hmm. of these four teams pushing each other. And I think, especially at this competition, they were pushing each other for that to-be-determined spot for Skate America. Yes. Um, because that spot is still open. Um, Lorraine and Anton don't have a Grand Prix where the other th- Three teams do have a Grand Prix, um, and uh, Katarina and Jeffrey have two. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, who's to say Lorraine and Anton may get that Skate America spot based on this performance? We don't know, but I think seeing those four teams just pushing themselves, and we're going to see that a lot. Mm-hmm. It, that was exciting to watch. 
Um, and I, I've seen a lot of growth with Wolf, Costin, and Chen with their new coaching. I just saw yes. a lot of growth in the fact that they didn't look too much. They didn't look junior to me anymore. They looked no. senior. Um, and so I'm excited again to watch these four teams push themselves. I got an opportunity to talk with Eva and Logan at depth mm-hmm. this weekend. Um, I really enjoyed talking with them. That was my first time really having a one-on-one with them. So stay tuned for that. That will come in the icedance.com. And I think we may be talking with them for a future episode of the podcast as well. Um, But yeah, so I I enjoyed, uh, you know, the whole senior ice dance event. I did like Haley and Nicholas's Phantom of the Opera as well. They finished (laughs) in fifth of Canada and they are working with... (laughs) Team no. Toronto, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so. Yeah. I have to comment, like, overall, um, I think the skating at this competition was pretty good. And I, one thing I loved in particular is there was so much camaraderie with the crowd, with the skaters. There was a lot of cheering, a lot of people cheering, not just for their own kids, but for everyone. And given the last couple of years and how hard it's been, and I know the time is coming where we're not going to talk about, well, the last few years have been hard. Mm -hmm. I just find it, you know, heartwarming to know that there was so much support in the arena because it it really takes me back to when I first went to Lake Placid and there were various sections of people cheering for their skaters it was a whole section for Broadmoor it was a whole section for Skating Club of Boston like they had big dance programs and I love seeing that those programs are coming back to life now Um, the work that Ben Augusto and Catherine Hill are doing as well as Elena Dostotny and Logan Gilletti Schmidt are working with teams in that area as well I'm happy to see you know, the growth. And we also have the schools like Mida and Scott Moyer School, you know, up in Toronto. And, you know, Igor is in Novi. And now Kristen and Igor, you know, their Kriegor school is growing. They have so many teams now. And then we have the staples that have been here for a while, like Wisa, um, that's now in Virginia. And also, you know, Igor Novi has been here for a while, a long time, longer than just about anyone. Um, and now I am in Montreal has been here for a while now. So it's fun to get to look at that, you know, because there are places that there are choices for teams to be able mm-hmm. to train. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of different dance programs, even down in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, Marina Zueva has one. I think John Kerr and Alper also have a school down there. I like that the teams are having options. Mm-hmm. It's good to know that you can find the coach out there that's right for you. So that that makes me happy. And that's not to mention all the other programs that are in the U.S. and Canada that I didn't mention like Scarborough and Caroline and everything that she's doing. There's just, there's so many great things that um, the teams are being able to produce because they were in the right place to train. So it means a lot, I think. But I think, Gina, that is pretty much wrapping up Mm -hmm. everything that we have to say about this competition it was a lot of fun to be here Mm -hmm. um to have all of us in one place (laughs) be able to enjoy it and we've been in this airbnb tomorrow we'll be checking out and heading home it seemed to get here quickly and now it's over yeah and as we mentioned earlier i'm really looking forward to coming back next year and having things be all done so that we can take a look at it Yeah, but just because we are heading home and the event is over, we're going to have a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) coming. Um, Content galore is coming. 
a lot lots of, of interviews, a photos. lot of interviews, a lot of photos. We were busy. You know, Anna and I were trying to grab as many people as we could talk to. She's got a number of interviews she's got working on. I've got two that I've got that I'm going to have soon. And then, of course, how many photographers did we have here? This a few. <laughs> so there will be plenty of photos, both um, on figure skaters online, but, you know, icedance.com will have all the photos as well. You did photo shoots. So it was a very busy weekend. So just because we are leaving here and the competition is over and the teams are starting to get ready for their next one, whatever Mm -hmm. it may be, we're going to be reliving it a little bit with our content (laughs) over the next few days. So stay tuned. It's going to be lots of stuff coming your way. Yeah. I would say over the next few weeks, we're going to have Articles and interviews. I'm hoping to have most of the photos posted by Monday or Tuesday. There's just, there's a lot. And it's, this event used to be five days and now it's compacted down to three. And it's really difficult to find the time to be able to do everything. Um, I remember in the past I had a little bit bigger teams. I had people editing photos people, you know, uploading. I had people doing different tasks. And this was an event that I just really didn't know how it was going to work. And so I'm already thinking about next year and how to make it easier and better and more organized. And I'm already just excited about thinking that this rink is going to be together because this year it was it was a challenge because if you wanted to get to the 32 you had to walk all the way out around the construction and it wasn't easy to do and some of our photo shoots we really scaled down to only two locations just because it was impossible mm-hmm. to get anywhere without driving and you didn't want to lose your parking spot because parking was really limited So I'm already thinking about how much easier things are going to be next year. (laughs) But Gina, so that people can find content, because we may post some of this on our social media as well. um, Can you let folks know where to find us? Yes, you can find us at our website. It's thisweekinskating.com. You can also find us on our socials, Twitter, thiswkinskating. And then Facebook and Instagram, it's This Week in Skating. You know, if you were at Lake Placid and you want to share your thoughts with us, feel free to do so. You can message us on our socials. You can also reach out to us via email. Our email address is thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, And you can definitely, again, if you're not following us on socials or on our socials, please do. Yes. We really appreciate all the support that we've gotten this week, not only for the podcast, because we were able to share more about the podcast with people who weren't aware of it, um, but also for our regular websites, icedance.com and figure skaters online, because it means a lot when you even just drop us a line to tell us, hey, I like what you're doing. Yeah. It just keeps us going, you right. know, it helps us remind us that this, it just reminds us that we're doing things the right way. Yeah, I know we did get to mention it to some people and we are working on a couple of different people to get yes. on our podcast. We just couldn't do any of those interviews in Lake Placid. It's just, again, crazy schedule. Everybody was do, busy doing whether they were getting ready to compete whether they were getting teams on the ice as coaches, but we have reached out and made contact with a couple of people that we hope to be getting on our podcast very soon. So stay tuned. Um, We've got a lot of things we're working on here very soon. So, Um, but yeah, you know, definitely if you're not following us, please do and reach out, let us know what you think of our podcast so far as we are getting further and further into the season now. Um, I think we're really getting a grasp on how we want things to go. And um, so we'd love to hear what you what you think of it so far and what you want to see us do as we move on. And if you like this episode, 
Like, we're not planning to do these. I mean, it's not in our plan to do these for every single event of the year. Before we're at a competition and you like this type of discussion where we just really talk about, you know, what we saw, what we liked, let us know. And maybe we will decide to do it at the next event that we're at together, which I believe is Skate America in a couple months. It's going to be kind of quiet around my house because I'm not going to be traveling. I've done so much of it lately that, yeah, it's going to be good to be home for a while. But with that, we have reached the end of our podcast. Thank you all for listening and for your support. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a great week. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.